All right, all right. What up, everybody? And welcome back to the Smooth Swings podcast, episode number five. And I hope we're all uh, getting out of that holiday funk that clouds everybody's brain. And now we're into January, so, you know, we're starting to look towards the golf season coming up and realizing that we shouldn't have spent the actual whatever thousands of dollars we did on stupid Christmas presents that nobody even really cares about. But, hey, it was Christmas and everybody feels the love. But the one thing that doesn't feel the love at the end of Christmas and in January is your bank account. And that is the worst. Because, I mean, it's January. I'm, I'm trying to look towards the golf season and the golf season isn't really adding up to my bank account numbers. And I keep trying to figure out uh, maybe the calculator's wrong or some, something's got to be off because I, I want all this stuff for golf, but I spend it on Christmas presents. Ugh. But hey, January's only 65 days, so... We had we shouldn't have to wait that long until February, when you know all of our money is recouped. But which is not a bad thing, you know. January gives us a month to, you know, not spend money when we don't need to, because I've been totally just waiting for the 2019 Golf Digest clubs of the year, which I can't wait to just into that and the best part is i've already come across two drivers i'm not going to name the names just yet i want to i want to wait for the hot list of 2019 but it's it's amazing so if you started let's say 10 years ago using a different driver every year that they produced all the way up until now if you started out, let's say you hit your driver, let's say 250 yards. In 10 years, every year, the Golf Digest hot list tells you you're going to gain an extra 10 yards. So right now, you're, you should be carrying, this is carry distance, you should be carrying 350 yards. If you're not then what is the issue here? And why are we still running out in March, April, right at the beginning of the season after the Golf Digest hot list came out and buying the six, $700 driver right off the rack and run into the course and still at the same spot you were 10 years ago. So I'm missing, there's a lot of time and, there's a lot of calculations. There's a lot missing right here because you should have gained over 100 yards, I mean, within the last 10 years. And if you did, <laughs> I want to talk to you, like, personally on this show, like, right now, because you better bring some documentation of the last 10 drivers that you bought over the last 10 years that each driver gave you that extra 10 yards. So leading up until now, you have gained 100 plus yards. 
And so, once again, I want to steer you away from running down and buying those stupid drivers off the rack. Because we got to get fitted. I mean, that's the bottom line. You can't just run out and expect to throw a bunch of money and all of a sudden your golf game gets better. Which, that is absolutely far from the truth. I mean, if golf was based around money and how much money you actually spent on the game and the equipment and the apparel and the balls, I mean, by my calculations, we should only need a driver. That's it for the 18 holes. Because if you spend that much money, you might as well just hit the driver and then it goes into the hole. That I mean, that's made, that just makes sense to me. But unfortunately, you can't buy your golf game, period. I don't care how much money you got. You can't buy your golf game. It's just you got to learn it. That's the bottom line, unfortunately. So if we can't buy lower scores since it's January and we got no money because we spent it on Christmas, let's work on a couple of basic fundamentals that will get us to February. And then we can start looking at the correct type of equipment that we actually need for the season. And before we dive into all that, let's look at what we're doing as far as training aspect, what we're doing in the gym, which I'm hoping that you're doing some kind of work in the gym or at home or whatever you got to do to get her done, which there's a ton of tips and ideas and strategies and everything else out there on the web and so while I was out surfing the other day, the web, that is, I came across six foot eight Mike Dobbin. And like I said before, I'm really new to the whole world long drive championships and all the people that are included and and everything that, you know, is entailed in the whole sport and that's again why i basically am starting this podcast but this dude is a beast and i've been looking at a lot of these guys online and this guy really struck my interest just because i think he's like super easy to listen to i mean he's six foot eight i don't know 300 pounds and he's like super humble he just seems like a super cool dude and you know those are the the greatest guys to talk to and you know get some information from and and this and that and it just always makes the experience a lot easier so i came across this clip on the golf channel where they had mike Dobbin on and i thought it was pretty cool and i thought i would just play a short clip of it then we'll recap Thanks. Well, it is now my humble pleasure to welcome in the very tall winner of the World Long Drive Championship in 2007, Mike Dobbin. And Mike, I can't imagine where all of that power comes from. How tall are you? Uh, six eight, yeah. Six eight, ladies and gentlemen. You're over a foot taller than I am today. <laughs> but uh, take us back to 2007 and that victory when you earned the belt. How exciting was that for your career? Uh, that was definitely career-wise the biggest moment. Um, you know, that's the one that we all strive for. And it, it's our one big event that we have every year. It's our Super Bowl, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
so yeah, to be able to raise that glass and they, we didn't get belts back then, but uh, <laughs> but got some nice crystal for it. So uh, yeah, it was it was a great year, and uh, to beat Jason Zubak in the quarterfinals that year, um, I believe that was the first time we'd stepped on the tee in competition together, mm -hmm. and uh, to step on the tee with a legend and then go huge. ahead and, and advance was was huge. Yeah. Well, this time you will be trying to get a second title in the World Long Drive Championship. Definitely. You qualified by way of a 420-yard stunner earlier this year. <laughs> We're going to get you swinging and see where you can be on the leaderboard for our season-long challenge in just a few moments. But right now, I want to put you to the test with some of your records. Okay. Now, you've got a few of them. One came in 2007 as well. Longest drive in a professional event. How yeah. long was that? 551. 551. Unreal. Yeah. How do you do that? It, it was Vegas. It was mid-July. Super hot. Ball goes far. Um, you know, it, I mean, that's conditions play such a big factor with us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the course, you can deal with a little wind, little rain. You know, okay, yeah, you hit it a little shorter, you take an extra club, whatever. But, but for us, it's ultimate distance is all that matters. So our weather conditions are probably our biggest factor. Perfect. All right. Well, let's see how big you can go today on the simulator. All right. Showcase those skills that we will see once again in October at Windstar World Casino and Resort. And he didn't like that. Meanwhile, it's still up in the air. We got to wait for that ball <laughs> to land. But um, tell us where you get all of that power from. Uh, Hopefully pass it along to the rest of us. Well, <laughs> in addition to long drive, I've been a trainer off and on, a personal trainer for about 16 years. And so I'm a TPI guy, uh, NASM, and I just, I've been an athlete all my life as well. So mm -hmm. I try to train like an athlete. I try to train both sides of my body as much as I can and go through as many different things as I possibly can. I do Olympic lifting, I swim, I do yoga. I, wow. I do plyometrics. I mean, you name it, I probably do it when it comes to training. And you mentioned a cool thing, that people need to train both sides of their body. Now, as a personal trainer for well over 15 years, you know that. And part of your regimen, you're a right-handed swinger, obviously, mm -hmm. is to take some left-handed swings. Yeah. Do you, do you offer this up as advice for the rest of us, too? Oh, absolutely. No kidding. Absolutely. Can train, you show us one of your Train the weakest swings? parts. Train the weakest train parts Train the weakest first, parts. And golfers are so asymmetrical because we're always swinging one direction. So work on the weak side and if you can make your opposite hand swing that much better and faster you don't have to hit balls when you're doing it you can just just swing and then your your other swing your whether it's your right-handed mm -hmm. or left-handed either one will then improve show us that left-handed swing all right let's we turn saw the this around your dominant here. hand i'm gonna get out of the way <laughs> clearly we know how fast yeah that club yeah going. you never know where this club <laughs> might go when i'm swinging left-handed so Still looks sound, has a really loud swoosh to it. Okay, but let's get you back with your regular way right. of swinging the club right now. One more ball to put in the air before we put you up to the test and see if you can take out the guy at the top of our leaderboard for the long drivers. Is this inspirational for all of you at home or what? Yeah, let's see if we can actually put one in the grid this time. <laughs> nice and straight. That's going to be a good number. So Mike Dobbin, four top tens in the World Long Drive Championship, including his win in 2007. You're going to stick around, though, yep. and we'll put you to the ultimate test right here on Morning Drive. We're still waiting for that ball to settle <laughs> right now, but this one went a whopping 395 yards and change. You go bigger Whoa. than that? I think we got more in the tank. More in the tank, so stick around and see how Mike Dobbin performs after this. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if you all just caught that, but... His longest drive was 551 yards. Really? Like, 
a quarter mile is 440 yards, which I I have been, I've raced motorcycles. I've been on a quarter mile track numerous times. And the thought of driving the ball 101 more yards than the finish line that I just screamed down is mind-blowing. And he's like, you know, well, it's Vegas, it's super hot, and, you know, the ball goes far and blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm talking about. He's so humble. It's like, dude, you just mashed the ball, like, farther than people race on TV. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, huge props to him for making me feel like a second grader on that. But one of the other things that I really liked about it, you know, he he talked about training both sides of the body, you know, swinging on the opposite side. And the more that I keep getting into this and researching and reading, it's everybody's starting to, you know, train both sides of the body as far as the golf swing. And he even added in, you know, he's doing Olympic training, he's swimming, he's doing yoga, doing plyometrics. You know, he's kind of a well-rounded cross-fit-ish, I guess you could say, athlete, you know. So it just kind of tells you what all goes into, you know, really driving the ball a mile long, you know. Well, sorry, quarter and a quarter mile and a hundred and a half yards, whatever I just said. The main topic that I really wanted to bring into the show here that he said is, you know, just the amount of training, different types of training that he's doing. I'm not saying we're all out there to hit the ball 551 yards, but, you know, if we could incorporate, you know, some of these basic things that he's doing into our training routines and give us, you know, a decent amount of distance, I think it'll be beneficial for all of us. And just going through all of this, it's given me a pretty good direction of what I want to cover in the next two episodes um, as far as, you know, some some basic training techniques that we can do as far as not really when you think of Olympic training, you know, I'm looking for more basic type stuff that everybody can go and actually do and have the time to do. And I don't really want to dive into, you know, the whole nutrition aspect just yet. First thing I really want to dive into to kind of incorporate in the next two shows would be some basic supplementation that we can take. You know, whenever you talk about good eating and clean eating and and all of that jazz, it really gets kind of complicated and everybody thinks in their head like, oh man, shit, chicken breast and broccoli, come on. For real, I, I'm i not going to give you that chicken breast and broccoli speech because, I mean, that's played out bad. So, you know, I, I think if I can give you, I think if I can give you five basic supplements to incorporate in your everyday life that will start helping you feel better and basically easy to take and consume I think you'd be more apt to do that instead of here's your list of chicken and broccoli and rice that you have to eat every hour instead of pasta, blah, 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 la, la, la. You know how it goes. It just, it gets old. And so 
just kind of look forward to the next episode just kind of covering you know those basics of supplementation and we'll go over some basic driver swings uh in the next one and then uh after that i'm gonna start bringing in some people and start interviewing everybody and and hopefully keep you all entertained and we shall uh we'll keep going with this so i want to thank you all for listening and as always we'll talk to you